Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. I don't I mean, know do what to I do stink? about it. Like, what is it here, man? Like, come on. No, you look. You might say you look clean. Oh, Mr. Clean, <laughs> I, I got I got my head shaved. Got- <laughs> the barber took a whack at my beard too, so that's why it's uh, you know uh, looking a little bit looking uh, sharp. I'll, a little I'll bit fresher it today. I like a I partner usually. that's looking sharp. You know, well dressed. It's my well third manicured. time at the barber this whole entire year. Oh, you know, I just been letting it grow out, which is you know it all just goes like this, people. There's not a whole lot going on up here. But so, Money Mondays. What are we doing today, man? What are we talking about, Ben? Today. The five plus, because there's a more than more than five that we're going to go through, ways you can structure GP splits. So there was a there was a good comment I think a few weeks ago um, of somebody was saying, hey, you know, can you kind of talk through some of the ways that you can kind of get involved in a GP and how you could potentially sp- split it up, right? And let's maybe let's take a step back. LPs versus GPs. Before you do that, Monday Mondays we do this yeah. every Monday, three thirty Central. Right today we're talking about the five different ways to kind of structure GP splits, right? Yes, and there's coffee but in this. There's too, more than five ways, yeah. And it's Starbucks coffee for the record. For those of you that watch the show all the time, <laughs> uh, we got a new coffee machine in the office, and now we're not having to leave to go to the uh, Starbucks, but we go there in the mornings. But um, but uh, yeah, we usually you know spend about 15, 20 minutes going through the different presentation, and yep. then we'll kind of do 10 minutes Q and A. So if you have any questions, comments, go ahead and leave them. We'll go, you know, we'll answer them live here shortly. Yeah, we want it to be interactive. And I think the last couple of weeks, we've been trying to kind of talk a little bit, of, give a little bit more insight into how the process works, right? How can you do structures, you know, as far as an overall deal, you know, but within the deal itself, right? You've got deal structures, but also you've got a GP versus an LP, right? Let's kind of start there. So the LP are the limited partners or your passive investors, right? These are the people that are putting the money in, that's all they are. They're purely passive. And then you have the GPs slash, sometimes they're called managers. Sometimes they're called the leads or the syndicators of the deal. The people that are putting the deal together. Found the deal, putting the deal together, raising the money, putting the debt on it, the whole entire shebang, right? And that's a big process, especially on these bigger deals when you're talking 10, 20, maybe $30 million deals, right? Or even up. And so there's a lot of work that has to go into that. So there's a lot of different roles. And within those roles, you can structure the GP in a way where based on somebody's participation at, at, on this role, you know, they're going to get a portion of the GP, yeah. right? And you have to establish this all up front. It's not pay for performance type stuff, folks, right? You have to say, hey, you're going to do this, this, and this. And for this, you're going to get this amount of the GP. And yeah, you, you know, like we say, real estate is a team sport. Yes. And it's a big pie, right? Would you rather have a small piece of a small pie? Sorry, a big piece of a small pie yeah. or a bigger, yeah. Or Man, a small, I haven't had enough up. coffee. Or a smaller piece of a big pie. Big pie. Smaller piece of a big pie. Yeah, I got it right. So anyways, long story short, right? It's a team sport, right? That's the only reason I keep this guy around, right? I need more team. But, um, you know, it's absolutely that with taking down these deals, right? It's usually several people. Everyone's bringing different value to different things, and you get the deal done. And so you figure out a way. What's this person bring in? How does that person get something for that? And, you know... Can we all combine all the different value we're bringing into something that's going to actually perform and get us, you know, and, get and the I always done. say you have to kind of determine what your superpower is, right? You know, a lot of people, you know, might be good at one thing or, or maybe not so good at something else, right? Determine what value you can bring to the transaction. That's usually where you're going to plug into a, to somewhere, right? If Let me give you an example. If you're a wealthy individual and you have a bunch of money and maybe you could put up the earnest money and maybe you can sign on a loan with the network, net worth and liquidity and we'll get into the different different ways you can participate in the GP here in a minute. 
but your partner with somebody that doesn't have a lot of money, but they have a lot of time, right? You know, you can kind of start carving out where your niche is within the actual process. And so that's how you kind of start getting a semblance of a, of a partnership, right? And then you start determining between, you know, all the different partners, what equity goes to what partner, right? And it's usually based on, you know, what they bring to the table, how much value do they add to the, to the transaction. And I also want to caveat this before we really get into a deep dive, right? When you're starting off, folks, you have to give up a little bit, right? You know, I always tell people on my first deal, I took less than 4%. Right of the overall deal, right, and so a lot of people would say, "Man, you're crazy! You did a lot of work for that," and I did, but guess what? I got my foot in the door, so it was well worth it. I wouldn't change it for the world, but you have to realize that when you're starting off, you might have to give up a lot of the equity to somebody that might be a little bit more experienced, right? But think of it as you're you're kind of paying to play. You're getting into the game, right? And then each time you're gonna maybe you're gonna your value is gonna go up in each transaction because your experience level will go up, and you'll be able to command a higher equity split. Absolutely. So, so let's get into this thing. What are all the ways people can get involved in a GP, right? That's really the way I like to reposition yeah, this question. And, and Shannon, if we can maybe, uh, there we go. So we've got more than five. There's probably even more than that. In fact, I'd, I'd encourage anybody that, a lot that more, wants right? to get into the comments here, just dump some, some stuff that maybe you guys have seen too. But raising equity, asset management, finding the deal, boots on the ground, uh, balance sheet, liquidity, Earnest money and construction management, yeah. right? Those are probably the the main ones. Those are the main one, right? And different, you know, some of these are worth more than others. Some of these can't be exclusive. You got to do yeah. multiple things, and yep. so it's really about that. But you know, maybe let's kind of go through some of these, right? Yeah. So let's go some case studies, right? Let's go from bottom up. So construction management, yeah, yeah. So right? That's what, a good one, right? What we, is that, right? Construction management is most of these deals. Not every deal has one, two million dollars of rehab yeah. going on, right? And it's ultimately about. Someone needs to drive that and manage that. It's a lot of work, right, yeah. on some of these deals. And so someone is getting compensated for dealing with that, right, and helping and make sure you get the plan done. It's executing the part, that part of the business the plan. The CapEx plan, right? Yeah. You know, and just to take that one step further, because this is really actually, this is a pretty big, pretty big deal because everybody hates doing this part of the process, right? This construction management can be anything from being out there doing due diligence and soliciting bids to negotiating the bids to running the crews to you know, executing contracts to get things done, to doing the lender draws and making sure that the, the property gets uh, reimbursed for all the CapEx dollars that you're spending, right? Construction management can be a, a process, but here's the caveat, right? That doesn't last forever, right? I'd say for the first year or two, you might have a, a, a pretty labor-intensive job or maybe even the first year. But after that, it kind of trickles away, right? Because your CapEx goes away, the amount that you've gotten from the lender. Maybe you have some ongoing stuff, but it's going to be minimal, so take that into consideration when you're when you're slicing up your GP, right? And there's a lot. It's front loaded in terms of you know the amount of work you have to put in, earnest money, right? A lot of people get jammed up on this. Oh, I don't have a hundred, two, three, five hundred thousand dollars to put up in earnest money, right? Yeah. Guess what? There's people out there that do. As we all know, <laughs> it takes money to make money in this business, and luckily, yeah. if you have friends with money, you can still yes. you know move forward. You need you obviously you probably need to bring the deal, and then you say, hey, can you put up the earnest money and maybe even the lender application fee, right? And, I, and we don't have that on there, but the lender application fee and due diligence, you're probably adding another anywhere from maybe ten to fifty thousand dollars on top of what you need to put down for the earnest money. So say you don't have any of that money, right? But you found a deal, right? You could probably go find somebody that could potentially put that up for you. But guess what? They know that they're helping you get into the deal and they're probably going to command, you know, at least 50-50, maybe even a little bit more. But you just have to, once again, it goes back to how much experience do you have? If it's your first deal, would you take 20% of the GP? Most people probably would. 
you know? And if you're not, then you're being too greedy, right? It goes back to take a smaller piece of a bigger pie because if you run the numbers, I'm telling you every single day, that GP is gonna be worth a lot more, right? So that's the earnest money. So let's talk about balance sheet and liquidity, right? So that's more, that's a lender requirement, right? And so I'm gonna take a step back again and kind of talk a little bit about why is that important, right? So on all these deals, right, whether you're doing a Fannie, Freddie, permanent debt or bridge loan, all the lenders are going to size up the, the, I guess, the net worth and the liquidity and the, the strongness of the group based on what people have as far as a balance sheet and what, what they have in terms of liquid funds in their bank account. And the, really the rule and, of thumb... Yeah, what's the requirement? The rule of thumb is you have a loan amount that is equal to or greater than the, the net worth or excuse me, loan amount is going to be less than... The net the, worth is equal yeah. to the loan amount. Yeah. Combined yeah. net so worth. The yeah. combined net worth of the whole entire GP, right? So it's not just one person. It's not everybody. You know, it's everybody together. So if you have a $10 million loan, everybody that's signing on that loan needs to be cumulatively worth $10 million. And usually the liquidity requirement is anywhere from 10 to 30%, right? And so that means that you need to have liquidity in the bank. That could be stocks. That could be easily, you know, um, liquidated, um, you know, type assets. Nothing hard assets, not IRA, not any of that stuff. It usually needs to be 10 to 20 or 30% of that net worth, right? So in this case, let's just call it 10. You have a million bucks between all the GP in there, right? And maybe you have one person and they're the only person that has anything in their bank account or, or is worth any amount of money, yeah. right? That person probably can command quite a bit of the GP, yeah. right? Because you're, they understand that they're putting up all of their risk and you're getting some benefit from that, right? Yeah. You know, because if the deal blows up, who are they going to come after? They're not going to come after you if you don't have any net worth or liquidity. They're going to come after the other person. Absolutely. Right? So, and caveat all this, this is all up to negotiation. We're not going to give rules of thumb in terms of what we think is, because we've seen it carved up a thousand different ways. So boots on the ground. This one's pretty easy. You yeah, go through so this boots one. Boots on the ground. I mean, it's really, you know, there's a lot of reasons to need someone there, right? Someone that can visit the property, be yep. there to kind of, you know, review bids, meet with vendors, mm -hmm. take care of anything that's kind of necessary. So being available in the city, luckily we invest in cities that we can get out there in a day, right? Yep. Same day, you know, problem comes up, next day I'm out there. But unfortunately I'm not there today. So I have to wait till tomorrow. So, you know, to have someone that is in the city, local, that knows things, even other stuff like they know who the good vendors are and who the bad yeah, vendors are, I right? I love it, I love so it. So kind of, you know, really working through that. And again, and, that's worth something, right? And, and I'd almost couple that with the construction management, right? You know, if they can be boots on the ground and they can help with the management, the construction management, they're there managing those crews, right? Or they can maybe help solicit, you know, uh, bids from good local GCs that are in that town. Absolutely. You know, so I think that that's a big thing that, that um, is worth something to a GP, right? especially when you have maybe a bigger firm that's getting into a location that they're not familiar with. If somebody is the boots on the ground and maybe even has found the deal too, that's going to be worth something to even a bigger firm, including us, right? You know, so you're finding the deal, right? This one's pretty easy. You, you've, you're out there, you're talking with brokers, you're bird dogging deals, however you can possibly do it. But guess what? You don't have the earnest money. Maybe you don't have the experience. Maybe you don't have the net worth or liquidity to take it down, but you got a deal. That's worth something. Right, so that's going to get you into a GP, right? And so that's a that's another way that you can kind of um, get split in, right? Asset management, it's another huge part of the process, right? So let's kind of let's start let's pause here because a lot of people yeah, and, do the and, asset and, management and, piece. And asset management is usually its own fee, right? So to yeah, be its clear, own fee. 
But, you know, mm-hmm. again, it's it's a role that needs to someone that is managing the yep. property manager, right? Dealing with all of the day-to-day minutia that's happening at the property, making sure you're trending towards the business plan. And guess what? It's the person that's usually managing all the other GP roles, yeah. right? Someone's kind of overlooking that. It's not that you're managing them, right? But very much, you know, kind of have that holistic view of the property, of the business plan, and helping get it done. And you always have a good point, right? What's What's an asset manager? What is an asset manager? Come on, you know. What do I always say? Can I guess, equate it back to something that you know was our former days in IT, right? What are they? Project manager. They're a project. Yeah, manager. yeah, no, no, exactly. Right. Good. So I mean, like we know a lot of people that are in project management, or maybe they're an yeah. engineer and they they, they understand how projects Syndication work. Syndication is right? project management on steroids, and Boom. asset management still that as well. And so. so people get caught up in oh, I don't know how asset management works, right? You're trying to execute your business plan. You're trying to keep your property management company in line and making sure they're executing on your business plan and you're trying to get your rehab done and then on top of that you're dealing with your investors right so if you're an organized person you understand how projects work you feel like you can add some value there maybe you're really really good with numbers and yeah. organized you could be an asset manager right Absolutely. You know, I mean, obviously, you're probably going to have to prove your worth a little bit, especially on the on the beginning. You might yeah, even, it's, you it's might also, have to do, it's a multi-million dollar business, and yeah. someone's not going to just hand that off to you unless they're you really know They're probably not going to do it, but we do know people that are asset managers, you know, that might do it for a third party, and they're trying to get into the investment side of the world, and uh, they can prove that they've done it in the past, right? And then in that case, that's worth something, because you've already got experience doing asset management, and trust me, folks, asset management is not an easy it's task. It's a walk in the park. No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a lot of work, definitely involved. Um, I wish I could say that it was easy, but it's not. Um, all right, so, and then obviously the 800-pound gorilla in the room, right, raising equity. You can't just do that on its own. That is against SEC rules. So you need to, you know, obviously, anybody that's in the GP, our, our recommendation is that you have three or four different things that each person is doing, right? And then on top of that, anybody that's in the GP just needs to be raising equity, right? You know, but you can't say, oh, I want you to do this or do that. Right, you know, it has to it has to be loose, and you have to determine what the split's going to be before you get into the deal. It can't be based on performance, right? So, raising equity is just part of getting into a deal, right? But that can't be the only role that that person ever plays. So, um, you know, now there's broker dealers out there, and there's some other ways. You know, obviously look it up on the SEC, and and some of the some of the rules are, are evolving. I would assume next year we'll get some more guidance on how that kind of works. But, you know, raising equity is a big piece of the GP. Right, and so you know, you just need to bake that in when you're doing your splits, right? Yep. You know, and again, and these are all these splits. There's not one hard, fast rule. No. This is worth that. It's all about no. really that deal, that situation. Like you know, a good example is actually the balance sheet, right? Yep. We've had cases where someone thought the balance sheet's worth a lot more, but hey, if it's a ten million dollar deal, and you know, let's just keep it simple. Let's say it's a ten million dollar deal. Let's say me and Ben combined, we bring nine million dollars to the table, right? Well, guess what? Our gap is one million dollars, right? Yep. So whether a person is worth $1 million or worth $100 million, their contribution is actually the same. Yes. So should they get a bigger piece of the pie? Probably not, right? Yep. And so really, you know, understanding the situation of that deal, understanding the partnership that's already kind of in place, and then figuring out, okay, what is the actual true contribution relative to what else is out there on the market, yep. so to speak, right? And so, you know, keep that in mind, and that's really, it's all a negotiation, too. Whether yeah, you're, you know, you're getting one of these, it's a negotiation, right? You're trying to... Find something that where everybody wins, right? It's not about cutting anybody out, no. but also you know people are being compensated fairly, right? And you have to keep some. If you're a person that's structuring the GP, you got to also keep some, you know, GP for other people as well, right? Yeah. If you don't have all the roles filled, so it's not about giving up everything in one go. And now you're like, crap, 
It's yeah. not very attractive. You're for never going to get it across the finish line, yeah. right? You know, so you know. But Ferris brought up a good point, right? You know, and that I always bring up good points, Ben. There you go, buddy. So on another example to Shannon elaborate, I better not play the want, want, want. No. <laughs> uh, so to elaborate on that, right? Though, so say it's a fifty million dollar loan, right? And that person's worth a hundred million. Guess what? That is going to be worth something, right? Because in that in that example, me and him would not be able to take that deal on. And you also don't want to have twenty different people signing on the note. Right, Fannie and Freddie and the lenders don't like to see that. They usually like to see three to five people tops. That's usually their kind of rule of thumb. So, you know, in that example, that's going to be worth something. But it's all—it's a negotiation, right? You know, I mean, what we perceive as a bad deal, that you know, that other group of people that came together might have thought that that was a great deal. And it goes the same way with how you split up between the GP and the LP too, right? We talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? You know, we might think a 75-25 split with an eight pref is a great deal. Right, you know, but we've also seen people that have done 50-50 with no pref, you know, and their LPs are just as happy as ours, right? So it's all in the eye of the beholder. So you have to understand that it's the same thing with GPs, right? And there's going to be a little bit of give and take. And the one thing, once again, I want to reiterate is that when you're starting off, don't be greedy. Just get into the deal. That's when you're going to learn, right? There'll be plenty more deals. There'll be plenty of money to make. You know, learn the business the right way for people that have done it, and that's why they can command more of the equity. Absolutely. Okay. So before we continue on, right, Money Mondays, there's every Monday, 3.30 yep. Central. Today we're talking about GP splits and structures. Yep. Right? And, you know, usually we spend about 20, 25 minutes going through kind of different presentation, the presentation of topic. We're happy to do any of the topics. So if people have future topics, let us know. I know next week we're talking about multifamily underwriting. But if you have other topics, things you want to see, let us know, right? We're happy to kind of help work that into the schedule. And we'll open up the last five, 10 minutes for Q&A. So if you have questions, definitely go ahead and leave the comments. Got any comments? We'll start to open it up. And so really quickly, Brian Newell says, hey guys, you're always talking a long time. Ronnie says, what's up guys? (laughs) You know I love you, man. Uh, Ronnie says, track record. Iggy says, hi, hi Iggy. Uh, Ryan says experience in the sub-market and partner with people who have strong complementary skill sets. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's really a tip, not just in multifamily, but in life. I would absolutely agree with that, right? You know, I mean, he has a lot of strengths where I have weaknesses and vice versa, right? You know, so I think you need to, you have to realize, folks, that the GP, it's just like a marriage, right? You have to have complementary things or you're going to be button heads. That's why they have these, these terms like fractured partnerships, right? What do you think happened? It means that the GP couldn't come together and make any decisions, so the deal went south, right? So make sure that in your your mad rush to get into the deal, that you're not partnering with the wrong people too, right? So just think of it as any other business, right? If you were to go start whatever business, right, and you were looking for a potential partner, right, you know, would you would you set aside your morals or who you think would be a good partner just because you want to do the deal, right? Don't ever do that, right? You're going to regret it immediately. And then you're going to be in that deal with that person for the next three to seven years, and it's going to be miserable. So I agree. Yeah, man. So I'm surprised we didn't get more comments on this So Jefferson says, hi, Ferris and Ben. How is everything? Everything is going well. It's going well. Busy, but well. Yeah. So wrapping up the year. Trying to get wrapped up, right? You know, I mean, it's the, you know, Kai, I always call it the last full week of the year, right? Because next week's Christmas, then you got New Year's, then we get slammed into January. So uh, we're going to keep this up. I think we're going to have one more next week. Then I don't know if we're going to have the one after. Are we going to do one the one after? I don't know. You might see us on. We'll definitely have one next week, right? Twenty-eight. So kind of between Christmas and New Year's. Maybe, maybe not. We might. Maybe we'll maybe we'll put one of our uh, one of our more highly 
viewed ones on there. I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure something out. We'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah, this is important. Hey, you know. it's our buddy Oliver. Are you seeing lenders being more likely to do interest-only loans now? Absolutely not. I have not. I would not say that. So, uh, not no. more likely. Unfortunately, right? No, I'd I would say, say it's about say the same. Uh, or maybe they've even pulled back a little bit on interest-only. Um, you know, I think that they got a little bit ahead of themselves. Um, and I think that they have since kind of even pre-COVID, it started pulling back on those interest-only loans. Yeah. You know, but we're still seeing in some deals. But Oliver, if you know a guy that wants to give us full-term interest loans, you just let us know, all right? We'll take it. We'll yeah. take it. Interest, yeah, we, we, we have, we have a one deal we're looking at very closely, and it's really what makes or breaks that deal is the I.O. If I can get more I.O., that deal is actually a beautiful new asset, but... Fortunately, yeah. Houston's also a pre-review market, and so there's Makes kind of a little bit complications, right? You know, but we've seen we've seen some, all especially right. DFW. So here, here's a pat on the back for you. All right, Ben, nice sweater, dude. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ben needed that today. He needed something to lift him up. So, Amir says, "Great show today, guys. See y'all Thursday. See you Thursday, Amir." All right, all right. Oliver says, "Fire." Fire. All right. So what else uh, do you want to go All right. Do people have more comments, questions? Otherwise, we'll keep going. So for those tuning in, Money Monday is every Monday, 3.30 Central. We go through about 15, 20, 25 minutes presentation. This week, we're talking about GP splits. Yep. And then we'll spend the last 5, 10 minutes Q&A. So we're in the last 5, 10 minutes. So we're doing Q&A. If you have ideas for future topics, let us know. If you have comments, yeah. questions, let us know. And this was this was actually, a, this was a topic that was given to us. So, you know, we want it to be interactive. We don't want us just to, you know, try to figure out what everybody wants to hear, right? You know, we got a lot of stuff rattling around up here, especially when it comes to being an entrepreneur and investing. So let us know what you guys want to hear us talk about. Right? Absolutely. You know? And so then if people don't have comments or questions, Ben, what are you doing February 27th? Oh my gosh, I'm going to a conference, my friend. It's Which called conference? The Multifamily Investor Network Conference right here, Houston, Texas, February 27th at the Westin, yes. off of I-10. We're really, really excited. This is going to be the third time that we've had it at the same venue. Yeah, so we've you done know. it. For, so I guess our third year. Wow. This will be the third year, it's man. It's our third time doing it yeah. at Houston. We've done multiple of these other cities. We have to cancel San Francisco and uh, Boston. Boston. But we are doing Houston again. What happened last year in Houston, Ben? Who do we have? We had the mayor of Houston. We had How many people do we have there? 400 people there. So, you know, we're, we were very excited. And so we wanted to always continue to roll And Oliver, out. I know you're still green, so you better make this one, Oliver. I didn't even ask if there Oliver's making it out. But, yeah, hopefully... Oliver makes it out to no, this so one. We, we got a little, uh, we got a little holiday promo. Yeah, right? so this is the only time you ever see us plug anything, right? So, you know, put coupon code holiday in at mfinvestornetwork.com is the, the yeah. We should have the, the website on the here. Name actually, of the website in the future, but I right? guess it's, and, it's, it's, uh, it's, on, it's down here, down bottom. <laughs> you'll get uh, you'll get that off the the ticket price, right? We're already feeling like we're pretty. We got a pretty good value for what we bring to the yeah, table. So, so do it's we make no any mo- sales pitch? Do we make any money on these men? No, no. This is all <laughs> about bringing people together, building an audience, and teaching yeah. people about multifamily network, right? Yeah, and really, it goes back that's to why we do this. We don't make any money doing this, yeah. folks, right? We're out here. We're providing education and value because we want people to do the business right, and we like. And, uh, and it we goes like back to people. what we said. This this business is a partnership business. Yeah, we go out there and we meet part- potential partners, and people meet other potential partners too. So yeah. we figured putting it on the conference is that. So kind of we're excited to have that up. And it's and just so everybody kind of knows the structure of it, right? We usually have some 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 good speakers that are going to provide some content. We'll have some panels, so you'll kind of get some real world, um, you know, feedback from people that are doing deals in different markets, right? Um, you know, you'll be able to do some Q and A. We also incorporate a lot of networking into this, and then we have. We have some breakout sessions, right, where you're going to talk to people that are doing, that are the IRA pr- providers or, you know, the people that, you know, are providing cost segregation and, 
you know, general contracting. You're going to hear from the vendors that we use, we like, we trust. And so you could really walk away from this gaining some great contacts, getting the vendors that you need to pull deals off, right? And then getting educated, right? You're not going to learn everything that you need to do about the, the business in a one-day event. You can't even learn it in a three-day event. But, you know, this will hopefully get you a little bit closer to your goals, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so check us out, mfinvestornetwork.com. Put in coupon code HOLIDAY. Get yourself $100 off. Um, so what are we talking about next week, man? Next week we're talking about multifamily underwriting part two. Boom! This one was this one was cool. You know, we we feel like we needed to dive a little bit deeper. This might be a three, four, five part series. We're gonna just continue to kind of do this one because I think it's important for people to understand how we underwrite deals, how we look at deals, um, and and understanding that you can't underwrite a deal for two weeks and then go to make an offer. By that point, most of the time, that deal's already gone, right? Yeah. You and know, Melvin says, looking forward to MFIN 2021. Melvin, did, you. did Melvin make it out to the last one? I think he did. That's he did. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Melvin did a great job helping us out on some stuff here. Yeah. I don't know. Turning, uh, so. Yeah, man. Awesome. Um, so, anyway, we'll do some more underwriting uh, next week. Um, let you guys kind of, we'll pop the hood, show you how we kind of look at deals. Give you some rules of thumb, right? Once again, you're not going to learn how to underwrite a deal from a 30-minute you know, show, but we're hoping that the accumulation of the knowledge that we're providing to everybody, you're going to start kind of putting the pieces together on your own, right? And there's a lot of good spreadsheets out there. I'm not going to plug anybody because there's you guys have probably already seen them, but you, know, you can certainly look out. There's a lot of good analyzers out there, and we use a couple different ones here. And so, um, you know, but we're going to kind of take a, a, a you know, 40,000-foot view and then maybe dive a little bit deep on a deal. So that's next week, man. Yep, next week. So right. with that said, going once. If anyone has any comments, questions, please feel free to reach out. Let us know. Yeah. Amir says, clap, clap, glass face, hey, thumbs up. So. All right. I'm hoping that's a good thing, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. Monday, Mondays, do this every Monday, 3.30 Central. We'll all see right. you guys next Monday. And if anyone has any questions, We're calling a day already? Otherwise, we're going to call it wrap two minutes early. I get two minutes back then. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I was talking pretty quick this time. That must have been why we got Ryan DeWark says, thanks, guys. Nice way to wrap up a Monday. Absolutely. Appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate Look it. forward yeah. to seeing you on the next one. All right, guys. And for those of you that haven't seen these, right, we do have these all saved on YouTube. Check out our YouTube. What's it's our YouTube channel? called Disrupt Equity. They're all, all, all the historical ones Shannon, are all give us a thumbs there. up. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. she gave us a no, thumbs no, up. I, I know it's called that. So, you know, all the previous recording... 40 different, 30, 20 we're, different we're, topics we're, we've we're done. We're accumulating so. a lot of these guys, and yeah. some of these are a lot more popular than others, but we we feel that they're all valuable. So check us out on, on uh, YouTube and give us a thumbs yeah. up, give us a like. And last but not yeah. least, they're on our website too. They're on our website too. Last Shut but not least, up. Ronnie says no plaid today. Nope. Nah, no buddy, I got to rock the sweater today, man. It was, it was like 30 degrees when I rolled into the office. It was not you know. 30 degrees. It was like 40. Yeah, 45 now. I just like to give it's it cold, back. man. I'm All from right. Texas. So with that said, we'll call it a wrap. All right. Underwriting next week, folks. See you then. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit disruptequity.com slash invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.